No, this is a very special day. We've never had a guest before, so forgive me if I'm overly excited. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Let's Get Into It. We're back. Let's get into it. You know what's really cool is this This is a very special uh, Let's Get Into It. It is. Because we're going to get into it with a guest. Yeah. And the guest we have today is, in my humble opinion, pretty amazing. You, sp- you speak highly of it. Before I ever met him, you were like, Rick the Harrigan. Who's this Rick the Harrigan? And I looked him up, and I was like, oh, he's a San Diego. There's a melting pot of talent yeah. in San Diego. People like that come kid out. last week that I met. Cliff, though, this kid went to the same high school as me. He went to the same junior college as me. Uh, I'm reading about him in the San Diego Tribune on Facebook. He, It's the typical Harrison Ford story. He moves to Hawaii. He gets a job as a PA, graduates from school. He's a server kid, Mexican kid. He's working uh, the Triple Frontier, that Ben Affleck movie they're doing. Yeah. I don't know why they're doing it. I guess Big Paramount. film. Huge Huge film. film. Yeah, huge. Oscar Isaac, all these guys. Yeah. So he gets a job as a PA. He's putting together some furniture in the office. Uh, the director comes in, looks at him, and says, they're having a hard time fa- uh, casting Latinos in Hawaii. Go figure. And so they ask him, um, hey, you speak Spanish? And he said, yeah. He goes, you want to read for some? He goes, sure, why not? Never wanted to be an actor, none like that. Reads, did pretty well. They said, hey, okay. He goes, do I get to keep my job as a PA? They're like, no. They're, you're going to be, we're going to give you a little part, you know, in this movie. You're almost like an extra. Uh, he goes, cool. I guess it turned out a little better than they anticipated or thought. Next thing you know, he walks into the production office. His picture's up next to Ben Affleck's Oscar. All this stuff. So he has like a meaty role in this movie. And now he's, he's an never actor. acted before. But you and know, I reached out to him on social media. And now we're buddies. So that's a great story because it is uh, inspirational. And by the way, I want to introduce myself, Mark Ice Roberts. This that's is right. Rod Tootie well, Rinks. Apparently, I got a new name today. Oh, yeah. What's your name? Lopez doesn't like my name. You know that, right? He does not like my name. He doesn't like not, anyone's name. He doesn't like my name. He doesn't like yours. So he said, uh, you, need to, you need to just go by Tootie. I go, I'm not going to go like Madonna. Come on, fool. Like, that's not going to work. He goes, you should go by Rod Ramirez because my, my mother's maiden name is Ramirez. So uh, Rod Ramirez. And then we have Wings Nichols. Wings Nichols. Sorry. Not <laughs> and it's Friday. So he's gonna, wings. He's going to be having wings tonight. It's Friday. It's time. But, you know, what I want to get into, and I want to get into it right away because we got to get to Rick, is I wanted to talk about being ready, you know, being prepared yeah. in this business. You've got to be ready. Everyone runs into it where you run into somebody and you got, you know, all of a sudden you got to do a pitch or you got to tell your story and you got to tell it quick. There's a great story about Lauren Michaels. I read, I read a book by a Bernie Brillstein before he died. Rest in peace. Legend. Manager. He uh, he represented Lauren Michaels before Saturday Night Live, and he represented the guy from the Muppets, Jim Henson. Jim, Jim Henson. Henson, yeah. Um, anyway, he said that he saw the head of NBC at a restaurant. They walked in, and he was like, "Bernie was like, let's go over there right now in this restaurant. Pull up a chair right at that table, and you tell him about your show." And he's like, "I can't do it. It's not going to right." They pull up a chair. Hey, I'm sorry. Hey, Bernie Brillstein. They yeah. pull it up. He goes, he's got a show idea. And the guy was like, okay, fine. What is, what's the show idea? And, uh, and apparently that's how Saturday Night Live was born. But he was ready. He was ready. He, it was his well, whole life. It was like pre- preparation. A lot having of, Wevels. Your other name is Mark Wevels Roberts. That's my that other takes, nickname. A lot of people, you know, they don't, <laughs> they don't, they're like, oh, maybe, well, next time. I don't know. I'll see him later. This is going to be a great conversation for Rick because Rick's like a quintuple threat. 
He's a writer. He's a producer. He's an actor. actor yeah. Comedian. Yep. He does it all. I think he does. He did stand up too. I think point. he stripped yeah. for a little no. while, but I, we'll, we'll, we'll ask <laughs> I, him in a second. I was a, di- uh, a dancer. I was the thunder down under, but it was more like real down under, like South America, Mexico. I had to represent all those countries. I was a dancer and I had a skill. I should... All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to Rick Nahara. Um, he is. Thank you for coming, Rick. Thanks, Rick guys. Nahara. I'm gonna, first I'm guest. Gonna, yeah, first guest ever. I'm going to name off some of the projects that you've written on. In Living Color. Wow. Dr. Yeah. Quinn Medicine Woman. Yes. Mad TV. Wow. 47 episodes on Mad TV. Okay. It was one of my favorite shows of all time. I didn't realize you had written on that until this moment. Uh, you wrote on East Los High. Yes. 32 which episodes. is an amazing uh, yeah. show on um, on Hulu. Yeah. One of my favorite shows. I've and on. you recently had a comedy special that you executive produced that you mm-hmm. starred in and that you wrote and, and all that on Netflix. Yeah. And I've got a bad film on HBO on demand. What so. is that? <laughs> uh, taco Shop. Oh, I was just going to mention I love about. that. It's a great movie. What do you mean? Dude, that's a great name for a movie. It was, it was a, uh, you know, it, listen, it was a fun experience, but you know, I get people seeing some of the work I do. Like I had a show on Broadway called Latino Logs and it was, it was very good. And then they, I go, but you have to keep working. That's yeah. what people don't realize. So sometimes you may do a, uh, you know, a great show like Dr. Quinn, but that's its own style. East Los High is more my style. You know, I was a writer in Culture Clash, yeah. you know, and that was fun. I meant so, to mention Culture Clash. I'm sorry. We, was, we love you, Richard, and we love Culture Clash, and it was an amazing show. Yeah. This show is called Let's Get Into It. Well, let's so get into it. We're going to get into it. Let's get into it. I want to get into- <laughs> Ding, ding. I want to get into the story- School's in. Of how you got on all these shows. Cause were you always famous? Were you born, and you were famous, and you were in the Writers Guild? Being the son of Ricardo Montalban, uh, <laughs> and, and the love child of Herbie Villachez. Yeah. Uh, I, no, I was, I was my you were parent, not, right? I was from San Diego, yeah. and San Diego, not exactly Hollywood. <laughs> it's, no. It's not at all. Um, I was born into a Mexican-American family, and I kind of didn't fit in. I was doing junior theater at Balboa Park, and so I'm wearing, and then I was at the Old Globe Theater doing Romeo and Juliet. And, and I'm wearing tights. And my grandfather's from Logan Heights, and he was a cockfighter. Actually went to prison for cockfighting and all these different, tough guy. And, but at the same time, he, he really supported me. And I figured, he went to my show and he had tears in his eyes afterwards. I've never seen that wow. before. That's tough cool. man. That's cool. Going, what did you know, he say? He said, hey, he says, uh, <laughs> he's like, first of all, those aren't pantyhose, right? And I, said, <laughs> I said, no, no, they're tights. He's like, oh, you got a knife, right? I go, yeah, it's a sword. All right, cool. No, he didn't talk, he didn't talk, he didn't, he didn't talk like that. Cool. Cool, then let's move on. Some of those moments. No, he, he was very, uh, he was just, you know, for him, um, he had tears in his eyes because he said, you talk beautiful. Right. You know, mm-hmm. to him, that was like the most amazing thing is how well I spoke. You're articulate. Yeah, I was articulate yeah. and all that. And, you know, guys like my grandfather and my father and mother and all of the uh, people before us, there was, they're the reason we're here. Yeah. And we have to honor that. And we have to say thank you for their sacrifice because, you know, my father was probably one of the most handsome and articulate men I'd ever met. What happened to you, you think? I, somehow, it's just a Twinkie thing because his generation was more organic food. Yeah. My, yeah. my generation was Twinkies. and GMOs. Yeah, GMOs. Look at me. This is what happens to a human body that grows up on that kind of food. I just want you guys to know that. My grandfather, you know, the, the pure air of Chihuahua, the mountain streams, and me, Twinkies, uh, food sticks, these weird stuff. Wonder bread. Wonder bread, yeah. yeah. This is what it looks like. Now, you look good in Red Surf. I saw Red Surf. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Red Surf was uh, a movie with George Clooney, and that was my first 
film in, in Hollywood. And it was like introducing as an actor. Yes. I got the role. And um, the reason I got the role playing a Cuban drug lord, which mm. is the highest drug lord you can play. Because, right. you know, you got salsa involvement. And you got all sorts of cool stuff. Of, yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah, Ricky Ricardo behind you. I mean, it's fun. But I got the job. Um, and I was, and people didn't realize when I first auditioned for it, they turned me down. And they forgot they turned me down. So I actually put on brown makeup. Like I'm, I'm light, I'm huero, which, yeah. which means tall, good looking Latino man in Spanish. So I go in and then I'm like, don't you ever walk into my body again? And I'm doing this, this, you know, Eddie Olmos accent basically. So they hired Eddie Olmos as me uh, to play the role. And uh, it was great. You know, I did a great job, but I thought I should get an Oscar for doing this <laughs> kind doing of work. Well, first That's of all, impressive. Yeah. First yeah because of all, it's, it's so not me. Yeah. Let's just talk about the idea that you got called in twice and you didn't say no to going in the second time. Cause a lot of people be like, no, 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 I'm not going in. I just went in. I blew it. Right. You yeah. actually said, let's do it. And you went back in and you got a part, which well, is amazing. A lot of times you, you know, you talked about, you know, showing up and, and, and being involving people in your, your life and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of times it is showing up. A lot of times it's saying yes. And I learned that from improv. I remember working with Whoopi Goldberg years ago when I first started out, I was just a kid and uh, I didn't know about uh, improv. And there was second city improv. Chicago was coming to San Diego and they said, we're going to have an audition and we're going to see some local actors because there's a spot for about three people. Or two, maybe one. And so it was Whoopi Goldberg and me from San Diego auditioning for it. I called Whoopi and I was like, hey, Whoopi, how do I do improv? And she said, just say yes. I go, what do you mean? Just yeah. say everything, say yes. Totally. Right. So I go to the audition and they go, uh, have you ever done improv before? Yes, I have. <laughs> would you like to do improv now? Yes, I would. And I did it and they were said, great. And I show up and this is how, how naive I was. I, it was my first union job. And they said, you're going to make, uh, I said, how much am I making? I didn't know. And they said, oh, 350. And I go, 350 an hour. That's not bad. Okay. I can, <laughs> I can deal with that. For the day. And the guy said, 350 a day. And I was like, what? Oh my God. I called Yes, my I dad. will. <laughs> I go, yes, I can be paid. Uh, and I will not turn it down. Because back in that day, minimum wage was about 350 an hour. Yeah, it was. So I was, I was like, going, it makes sense. I'm yeah. going, you know, I'll be here 40 hours. I, I can oh, do that. Good. It, it was 350 a day. And I didn't put it together. And that was the beginning of. Of my career because it it changed everything it started making me think you know it taught me a lesson about saying yes but let me go back for a sec because we didn't get into it and i want to get into it let's get into okay. it he kind of got into it though no no no. i no. want to get into how it is that you got your first writing job how did you start how did you figure out how did someone know that you were going to be able to write on in living color or that you were going to be able to write on culture clash or was there one that came first? And then it was just sort of like Rick, Rick's the great Latino writer, bring him over. Or he's a great um, comedy writer, bring him over. Yeah. I mean, it, what was it, the first one? The where? first, the first real job really was second cities where I, I kind of learned to write. Then I end up going to LA and my neighbor is John Wells, the president of the WGA. And he says, you should write. You're a really good writer. And then it's like, I, I, I was getting, so it was it, destined. It was, it, it, was not, destined. it was destined that, Everyone told me to do it. I didn't believe I could do it. Right, but you look, I had to make myself you, believe it. You are a great writer. You're a yeah. great collaborator. You're very uh, generous, you know, with oh, ideas and jokes and a lot of times you have to ride the horse in the direction it's going, right? A lot of people yeah. are stopping their horse going, "No, no, no, not that it's, way. I want to go this you way." You can't plan. I, I've realized, you, you know, there the, there's an old saying that uh, people plan God laughs. Yeah. Because you make these plans, and I, I, I write goal sheets, and I do that stuff. I, I remember as a kid, I'd read all these self-help books, 
So all I did was read. I learned to say yes to myself. That's about engaging and getting into it. Is you have to be your first fan, right? And you can't. You can't. You have to surround yourselves with people that are your fans as well. And there's no reason not to because we come from, especially in the Latino world, there's like this humility culture about hey, you know, you know, keep humble and all that. Yes, of course. But at the same time, don't uh, negate the miracle you really are. Yeah, don't short, short sell don't yourself. Don't short sell yourself. Don't short sell yourself. I think uh, so. So great. So you started reading. Uh, Whoopi gives you some advice. You're at Second City. It, that's all working good. You move to LA. You move into the WGA president's right next yeah. to the WGA president. He says you should be. A, he or she says you yeah. should be a writer. You go. Maybe I'll be a writer. So at yeah. this point, yeah. <laughs> at this point, your fate of being successful in the business, or at least being in the business is now sort of sealed. You are moving into a direction where you're feeding yourself by the work you're doing in entertainment. Yeah. I didn't know uh, that I was successful in a weird way. I think people that are successful don't and never think they're successful. I don't think you knew at that point, but yeah. then, came, but what came first? Uh, uh, what came first? Uh, well, what happened TV was, yeah, what, no, in actually what happened in living color came first. What they had auditions for um, a Latino on the show. And so they said, ah, we're second we're, city guy, obviously. Yeah. It's yeah, like, we're going to add a Latino to the show. So they brought me in and I came in and I did one of my monologues that I had happened to wrote because I didn't like the monologues that were being written for me. So I just started writing my own stuff and uh, Keenan thought it was great. And then I left and then two other guys came in and did my monologue before me and after me. And he thought I was just doing this monologue written by someone. Oh, they chose oh, it because wow. they thought it was pretty good. Yeah, like, they, hey, can they, I use they, they, your monologue? Yeah, that's oh, like awesome. like, hey, that's a good monologue, or that's really cool. And then at one point, he had, he said, "We're not going to give you the role. We're going to give it to the Korean guy." It was basically it. for some reason, it said Asian's going to go over Latino right. this year. And then he said, "But but that monologue, where'd you find that?" And I said, "I wrote it." He goes, "What do you mean you wrote it? Everyone's been coming up with that that monologue." Because oh, right. he's assuming I'm stealing my own monologue. Right. And so, I need this monologue. Dude. Yeah, and, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get he, he didn't believe me. He's like, you know, come on. Come and on. I, I said, I said, it's from a play of mine that I wrote. And then I said, he said, well, how's the play done? And I go, did about a million in ticket sales. He's like, wow. well, okay, well, listen. He goes, uh, I'd like you to write. We, you know, he said, uh, I would like to have you come in and audition for us as a writer. And I'd never auditioned as a writer. So I was like, let's come in. So I came in with Wanda the character that Jamie Foxx plays. Okay. So I did probably the most could be get you killed in a black room of all time with uh-huh. Wanda. So I'm like pursing my lips and doing this, <laughs> what I saw Jamie do. And then Keenan started laughing and he had like two security type guys around him. So I'm walking, there's three, three huge black guys. And I'm walking in going, Hey, I got you. I got you. I'm Wanda. You know? <laughs> and I think he looked at me as like, if you're brave enough to do that, you can hang here. Right. And so the the, op, the deal they gave me was probably the worst deal in the world. And it wasn't even a, a full contract. They said, we're going to put you on some program for for minorities. And they're like, <laughs> it was, they didn't even have it. Dude, I, I get put on minority Yeah, minority programs all the time. So for the first week, I was paid 500 bucks. Uh-huh. And there was like two of my sketches in the actual show. Yeah. And so I said, look, man, I, I'm a writer. And I'm, I'm in, the, in the union. I'm not breaking rules. Forget this. I'm not doing the show anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he said... He said, really? Because no one's ever quit. And I go, I'm sorry, I can't do it. And I had packed up my, my office, which was not an office, basically a closet. You're in like the, the girl, you were like working girl. Working girl. Like, <laughs> I got my, my, my box of things and tears in my eyes. Uh, <laughs> you know? Get out of here. One of your boobs hanging out. Yeah. Like, I'm out of here. <laughs> this is wrong. So, uh, 
I, I, I basically, he said, okay, we'll give you a contract. Nice. That was it. Damn. So, so then I stayed. Let's fast forward. This is a great story, by the way. Thank uh, you. All, all super uh, amazing, actually, to me. Um, so you move. So next is Mad TV, which was, you had a long stay at Mad TV. Yeah. Was that next? No, no. I did pilots. I did a lot of shows. I did a show called uh, um, Out of Bounds. Out of, because the guy was like, man, we're going to develop this comedy show. It's going to be out of bounds, man. It's going to be so wild. Was it? No, not at all. It was the least. But what happened was I, I learned much more how to, how to survive in that room. So I started writing you know, good roles. But they gave me a job as a writer-actor. And it was the- uh, On what show? Uh, the Robert Townsend show. So Robert Townsend. So and that was I, after his hit yeah. movie, right? So yeah. I, I did that show, and uh, at first I wasn't going to do it, because my real thing, I was at the Goodman Theater in, a, in a, my one-man show called The Pain of the Macho, and it was, mm-hmm. did really well. It was it was a series of, of solo artists. It was John Leguizamo, myself, and Spalding Gray. And so I'm doing my show, and uh, it worked. And, I, and people were talking about me going to New York and off-Broadway or whatever, and they called up and said, you got the job in the Robert Townsend show, and and I said, no, I'm not doing it. I told my agents, I'm not doing it. I'm going to New York. My greatest dream, my biggest dream was always to be on Broadway. That was like it. And I don't know why. Because even after I did Broadway, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I would. I should have done uh, off-Broadway because right. there's more money. Right. Uh, Broadway is expensive. So um, he, my agent came back and said, basically, we're going to fire you. You don't take this job because now they've offered you an acting role in it. Oh, nice. Oh. So you can't complain. You're an actor and a And by the way, that was a good writer. show, too. Yeah. The Robert so, Townsend show was good. So it it was you know that was a great experience. So you did that, and yeah. then you left Townsend, and then 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 it was eventually Mad TV. Mad TV, yeah. and did you act in Mad TV or only write? No, I I wrote, and you know the writer with me was Jordan Peele, who who I don't know what's happened to him since, but uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and Key and of Key and Peele, of and then Key, Key and Peele. they both were there, right? And uh, they were performers, and I remember their first audition, and he's they're great guys. I mean, really good. So it was more. I mean, you know, they're ge- let's 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 stop for a second. They are they are really comedy geniuses, are they not? They're they're comedy geniuses because it's like in you know I've worked with Jim Carrey, I've worked with all these great yeah. people. There's something I do notice about all of them is that they're having fun. Yeah. In a weird way, you know, Jordan is is a great guy, and I was at a some studio having coffee, and there's Jordan walks in, and uh, I'm with these people, and they're like, "Did you work with him?" Watch you walk up to him and say right, something. Say and I've always hated doing that. Go, hey, remember me? Because the worst thing that happened, they don't. They go, I don't know who you are. <laughs> Did you do it though? Did Get you away go up to him? No, I didn't. I, I refused to. And so I sat there. And at the end of lunch, he walked up to me oh, and said, hey, Rick, that's I, I didn't want to bother you during your lunch. Oh, so good to see you. And of course, everyone thought that was the greatest right. thing. But also having Jennifer Lopez, because when I was doing Living Color, I, that's right. She was a fly yeah. She was girl. a fly girl, and she'd come to my office, and we'd talk for was hours. Was Paula Abdul a fly girl? Uh, no, okay, Paula no. was not a okay, fly sorry. girl. Uh, it was uh, Rosie Perez. Was Rosie the Perez? That's right. So yeah, I had all. I mean, Tupac Shakur came there. Wow. I saw, met him, and all these. I mean, it was like hip hop royalty. Yeah. And here, here I am. So uh, there's. I'm at an event, and there's Mark Anthony and Jennifer Lopez, and they're walking up, and my wife says. Oh, Say something to Jennifer. You got to say something. You, you knew Jennifer. You, was that you know. recently? Was that recently? Yeah, it was like yeah. fairly, it was about four years ago. Oh, something. Okay. And so she's walking up. It was when she and Mark were together. And they've got security around them. It's like total Hollywood. You know, they're, they're walking up. And I'm there, of course, in the front row. I'm in like, you know, 20 rows back. And I, have, I see her. So my wife, say something, say something. And I'm like, I'm not going to. They're going to pepper spray me. I'll be on the <laughs> ground. I'll be in handcuffs. And go, Jennifer, return my phone calls. You know, I don't, I don't want to do that. So. 
she sees me and just goes, oh, my God, Rick, Rick, and comes up, gives me a hug and says, we're doing so well, aren't we? Uh, and I was like, uh, awesome. you, you are. are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you I don't know are. if I'm quite at your level right now. now but- by this time, you've done some pretty amazing stuff. I yeah. mean, look, I'm going to tell this other story, and then I want to get to you going to Broadway. Right. I want to wrap up with you going to Broadway. Oh, thank you. Um, we we were you and I were were put together by Sean Reddick. Yes. Um, Sean and Yvette. Sean and Yvette. I went to their wedding. I, I actually met you at their wedding. Yeah. Isn't yeah, that funny? So we so uh, he put us together and we met at a place called the Nook mm-hmm. in Encino. Yes. We're having breakfast. I'm telling you, you know, I worked with Eddie Olmos. You know, you're you haven't said a whole lot about who you know and who you don't, and I didn't know. And all of a sudden. There's a tap on your shoulder and it's Ed Olmos yeah. walking, like coming out of a training session or whatever, right? Yeah. And uh, we, we now do CrossFit together. Uh, do you really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good for you guys. But he's the godfather of your kid. Yeah. And you guys have been friends for years and years and years and years. Yeah. And, uh, and it was amazing to me because I had worked with him. I didn't feel like I knew him that well. Yeah. But had I not known him, it would have been a very awkward scenario. So if you know, if you're telling someone you know somebody, you better know him. Yeah, because you may be at breakfast, and they may you know, come up and most tap on your that shoulder. People really know people don't really tell people you know, right? And it's a weird thing. Yeah, uh, but you were working as a writer until five o'clock this morning. Yeah, you said that to o'clock. me as we were walking up, and I yeah. said, "How are you still standing?" The re- reason is, and this is the learning thing. I was I was actually working. Um, is that to be a writer, you have to do it all the time. You can't stop. You just gotta. Rod's a writer. Yeah, right. So, so it's it's not triple threat. And here's the thing: you also learn that you're not perfect, mm. and and you want to get better. And the way I look at it is, people that think they've made it are now over, because it it stops your creativity, it stops your flow, stops right. your hunger. Yeah, writers are are normally like, especially me, are are, are racked with self doubt, right? Because the truth is most writers that are really good writers don't feel they wrote it. They feel they hear a voice. Right. The best stuff I've ever written, I didn't write uh, with a comma or a period. I sat there and heard every word and I wrote it down. So I sometimes feel I'm a scribe, not a writer, because I'm hearing a voice. And that's, that's really what I do. So last night, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm writing this out. And there's a funny thing. I have dyslexia. So I can't see words like other people can. And everything's turned upside down and, it's really weird. So spelling freaks me out. So I'll have writer friends of mine go, can you check my spelling? And that sounds horrible to say. And I'll I'm tell, the same way. Yeah, I'll, I'll say, look, I'm, I'm a writer. I'm not a speller. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's another lesson. Don't, don't let your handicap or what you feel is a handicap hold you back. Um, you know, don't ever do that. So it's more important for me to write than to worry that I, I missed a, a word. The right. E went before I or no, whatever. You're, you're an idea guy. You have great story. Yeah. You know beats. You know, I mean, you come from an amazing school of, uh, of writing, of comedy, of acting, of all. We're going to have to do it before you leave. Sure. I have to, you have to do a little bit of uh, Buford for me. But oh. it's amazing the people, you know, you just did a show last week called uh, Latin Thought Makers. Yeah, Latino Thought Makers. Latino I, Thought Makers, sorry. And uh, where, could, where do people find that? Latino? You know, I mean, you can check our site, www.latinothoughtmakers.com. Or, but you had um, Cheech Marin yeah. on. Do you know I watched it, right? You did? I yeah, know. I saw it on, on Instagram. It was a live feed. Oh, cool. So I watched it up until you showed a clip of my documentary, and then I turned it off. Oh, really? But it was amazing <laughs> until that point. Yeah. No, the, your documentary was, was great. I, yeah. Actually, it was, to me, it was one of the highlights. Oh, uh, really? Thank yeah, you. no, seriously. It, it was beautifully shot. 
you know, you. you did a great job. Thank I, you. I think uh, the directors were, you know, Richard Montoya. El Salmaraz. Yeah, they're they're all great, and it's a great story. It's it's what I like about you. And this is my compliment to you: Thank is you. that you're passionate about ideas. Mm. You go, I want to do this story, and once you say you want to do it. You're like a dog with a bone. You're just in it. And mm. that's what you need is producers and people like that around you. And, you know, when you're a writer, you're you're vulnerable. Because mm. basically, I'm leaving it to someone else to interpret what I've written. Yeah. And to say, if I write a Latino story, you know, and someone who's an Anglo reading it, doesn't know the accents like I do, doesn't know the voices, doesn't know that stuff. And when I when I write, I'm hearing every word and hear how people say it and inflections and stuff like that. So I need to translate that to a person so they can read and see the same thing I see. Yeah, I'll tell you, that's the danger of knowing writers too well, mm-hmm. is that I, I've over the years I've read scripts from people I really like, like that I have a great rapport with. And I'll read their scripts and I'll love them because I'll hear their voice yeah. and their timing and their jokes. I'll hear them in it and I'll give it to someone else. I mean, you got to read this amazing. It's amazing. You're going to love it. And then the next day they'll come up and be like, like, what was so great about that? Well, the mistake is you said it was amazing. <laughs> that, <laughs> right. That's, that's maybe the first. Maybe it's not yeah. amazing. Yeah, maybe it's just I, good. Maybe it's, I'm, I'm too much yeah, hype. Yeah, I tell you the truth. I, I much rather have people, you know, it's because okay. if they say, you know, ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Rick Nahara, already I got to go, oh, no, I got to become amazing. <laughs> yeah. stand I just up to haven't had coffee yet, right. you know. But you do know a lot of great people. You've worked with a lot of great people. You come from an amazing school. Um, you know, Cheech Marin, who you interviewed, I know Edward James almost, who, by the way, is a legend. And, yeah. and every time I'm in his presence, I, I feel honored. Well, he, he's, you know, I think one of the greatest things that I've enjoyed out of this Hollywood, because when, when I first came here, my wife, I, she, I met her in San Diego. So I, I married her and I brought her up here and she was upset. She was like, you know, I don't want to be in L.A. Oh, my God. Because she was in the paradise, San Diego. Yeah. Right. It was a great job and everything. And I got a job on, at that point, Matt TV. I'd actually had had a t- couple times in the business where I said, I'm out. I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, you know, I'm an you said that coming up here was so yeah, weird. I was like, I like, I'm out of here. I, I, I can't want, I want a Tony Roma. Free Tony Roma. <laughs> Give me something. I want to get a Mario Lopez poster. Come on. So I was wanting to leave the business because it, it's hard being a Latino because I – you know, we see a level of of people excluding us in this business, and they, traditionally they have. You know, and that's we have to break down. And what I was more about was giving other people opportunities. You know, like Latino Logs has hired over two hundred fifty actors. Right. You know, uh, Latino Thought Makers has showcased. You know, Dolores Huerta, Edward James Olmos, Cheech Marin, all these people. You know, and in colleges, and so it's educational and. And so I say things like Latinos, the solution, not the problem. And I'm trying to back it up by showing these people that are, are really changing the world, you right. know? Um, and so I've had some amazing people on the show, but I like to put the spotlight on other people. Yeah. I you mean, know? and you're, and you're great at that. I, I think, uh, you know, what I like about Edward James is he's such a great supporter of ideas and of people. Yeah. He's tough on me. I mean, he's tough on oh, me. He is tough his, on you. Really? On Him and he's tough. <laughs> I love Eddie, but uh, he's tough on me and tough on his sons because he loves you guys. Yeah, he wants he, he to really, be better. He wants us to be better, and and it's it's kind of the, the it's maybe what you can handle. Maybe he knows what you can. He knows handle. what I can handle. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to hurt me, and yeah. I do want to get better. And even last night, I was I was writing, and I I was writing trying to get the script right, and and you know I'm doing with a lot of different things with it, and I sat there and said, wow, 
I like this. I'm I'm enjoying this. And that's when I know it's good. Yeah, I go, when you feel good. I feel good yeah. about it. I hope I can let people see what I see. If yeah. I can translate that, then I'll feel happy. Um, the, play, the, the script I was writing as a pilot was a lot about my family and me. Mm. And that's what I wanted to bring out. And, you know, I... One of the the guys helping with spelling and stuff, uh, you know, great guy Albert Albert Fernandez, and he was, uh, you know, it was good about him. He comes from the millennial generation, yeah. So he's like, well, that Latino trope, and so we're discussing all this stuff. I'm like, is it funny? Yeah. And so I go, okay, I want to get it both. I want it to be intelligent and I want it to be funny. That's funny. So you ever when you're pushing back on an idea, it makes me have to justify the idea, right. and have to justify the idea then the idea is a better idea. Right. So you need people pushing back. On See, you. that's a talent, Rick. I mean, yeah. it takes, it takes, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of a growth as a human being to, to collaborate with people a lot. There's not that many collaborators in this business. Yeah. I'm not saying that you can't be successful, not being a collaborator. You can, but there's something really beautiful about collaborating with other, other people, letting uh, ideas float around the room and well, letting the best ideas I, win. And yeah. that's really cool. I, I want to I wanna move on okay. to something else, if that's Sorry. okay. <laughs> no, it's a, I want to move on to how you did the play on Broadway because it's actually brilliant and I think it's super inspirational. You had already done a little bit of work, but you wanted to bring Latino logs to Broadway. How did you do it? What did you? How well, did it happen? The way it happened, it was funny. I didn't have the dream as much as Hanio Derbez did. Who, and Hanio really wanted to go to Broadway. He was in the show. Yeah, he was in the show. And it was so Hanio and I. and Was Renee he as Lavar. famous as he is now? No, now he's much more famous. Right. Then, but then he was famous he among was famous Yeah, in Mexico. in Mexico. I would go with him to Mexico and forget about it. That so was you the, get to New York. So, yeah. So the way I get to New York is me and I was doing a show with Paris Hilton, of all people, called, <laughs> no. called Pledge This, a bad movie. This. Wait a minute now. Yeah, yeah. You lot, no, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did Pledge, pledge this. this. I remember Pledge Yeah, this. I did it with Paris Hilton. As a, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure it was great. It was, it was, sure you know, was she was great. wonderful I'm to sure work with. I'm sure she was with. lovely. Um, and so I'm doing the movie with her, and I'm playing a character that I created, Buford Gomez. They said, just do a, mm-hmm. one of, a little bit of that. So I said, fine. So I'm there, and Eugenio's there, and we, we, I got Eugenio in the movie. He did a little role. We are all doing stuff. And uh, we're doing Latino Locks in, in Coral Gables, in this theater. And so the producer of the movie came, and he's like, this is the play, best play I've ever seen. He's multimillionaire, really rich. He's like, I'm taking you guys to Broadway. I love it already. We're going to Broadway. Eugenio's like, oh, my God, we're going to Broadway. We're going to Broadway. We're going to Broadway. <laughs> Everyone's like, hey, hey, Broadway, Broadway. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to Broadway. I tell people, yeah, I'm not, you know, don't book me any TV, nothing. I'm going to Broadway. I'll be there for years, all this stuff. You know, and and uh, so three months later, I'm back in L.A. and I'm calling him. Can't get a hold oh, of the no. producer. You know, wait, are you in L.A. or are you in New York? No, I was in L.A. Yeah, okay. And so we haven't even got to New York. Right. So uh, I I finally get a hold of his assistant. The assistant says, "I said, hey, listen, I want to talk to so and so. We're going to Broadway." <laughs> <laughs> and the guy says he's not here. And I go, "Oh, well, well, where is he?" He goes, "He's in Brazil." And I go, "Brazil?" He goes. Yeah, they have an ex- they don't have an extradition treaty with America. Uh, He's he was been uh, the, indicted. He, indicted. Oh my god! He was indicted for that's where he got his millions. However, he got his millions, he got it from that. So he was indicted. He flees to to, to Brazil. <laughs> I've got no chance to go to Broadway. So this is what happened. I said, I can't let Eugenio down. I told him we're going to Broadway, and Eugenio. He's very like, Broadway. He's going to Broadway. Broadway. He's always right? happy, you know. And <laughs> uh, but Broadway, Broadway. 
Now, of course, I don't see Eugenio as this multimillionaire type guy living in Mexico going, why don't you pay for it? But um, he, he was so proud of that. And, and so I finally said, you know something? We're going to go to Broadway. And someone said, what do you mean? I go, I'm renting a Broadway theater for one night. So I rented um, Town Hall, which was a theater in, in New York. It's, a, it's adjacent to Broadway, but it's about 1,200 seats. It's huge. And I said, it's like a Broadway house. If I can prove, if I can sell out this show in, in New York, because, you know, one of the people that uh, had said they were going to invest in the show pulled out. So I lost that investor. So wait a minute. This is all you now. Yeah. This is, you're writing the check. It was my check. I actually wrote a check for $30,000. And I didn't tell my wife, which Oof. was even worse. One of the rules <laughs> of let's get into it is never use your, your own, own money. money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every, but rules are made to be broken. That's so right. so I, 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 I did put the check down. I get the place and, you know. And I fly Eugenio out. We're all out together. We're going to do this. A week before the show, I call up tickets. I go, you know, I go, how many tickets have we sold? And they said, oh, uh, we've sold 50. I go, today? No, 50 tickets sold. For the total total oh, tickets. Shit. And I'm like, $30,000. I've lost the money. My wife's going to kill. I mean, it's like, I was feeling horrible. That's all the flights, right? And everything. everything. I was losing food, everything. Hotel, I was, yeah, I was losing. I was like, now I know why. You know, I said, because they were saying no Mexican show has ever worked on Broadway. Ugh. You guys are predominantly Mexican. You're buried before you open. Yeah, we weren't going to do this. So what happens is I go, there's a show, a radio show called El Vasalón de la Mañana. And it's a show in the morning. And I said, I'm going to get Uheni on that show. And Uheni's going to tell everyone in New York we're you're here. You're talking about, you're, you're getting him on the show the next morning. Right? The next like, morning. It has to happen. I, I called up and I said, hey, I need Uheni on the show. And the booking person is like, no, we're going to, we, we love Uheni. We'll book him next week. And all these thousands are going there is no next week. There's no next week for me ever. <laughs> we have book. And so I finally said, I told Eugenio, be at that station. So Eugenio was outside the door. And I said, open the door. Eugenio was there right now. And they opened the door and said, oh my God, it's Eugenio. <laughs> and he comes in. And for 30 minutes on the show, he talked and joked. And then we sold out. Nice. And so then people were like, I got my money back. So, you know, I didn't tell him I've, I don't think I've ever told my unbelievable wife. Unbelievable story. Yeah, I got my money back. The show was there, and a producer came, Robin Tate, and he said it worked on Broadway. He went to the Spreckles Theater in San Diego, where we sold it out to. It worked there, and he finally said, "I'll I'll produce the funds." And he said, "Now my investor also dropped out, so he said we've lost sixty percent of the funding for this show. You still want to go to Broadway?" And I said, "I'll never have this opportunity again. We're going to Broadway." And at 40% of the budget, which meant I didn't have advertising, I didn't have that stuff, we still did 137 performances and was extended. And we were the first Latino successful show on Broadway. Well, that, that really you happened. You know what? I got to tip my hat. About. You have had a really great – you've had a fantastic career, and you've made it all happen uh, with Webos. With Webos. Right? Webos, this, yeah. That's serious. By the way, that's uh, – that's one of the greatest stories. I, I'm not going to tell any of my stories, but I have a lot of movies that happened in the same way where you're yeah. like, you know, there's two choices. I either make this movie or I quit the business. There's no mm -hmm. two choices about yeah. it, right? You either go for it to the point where there's no return or you just quit. It's, and I think that yeah. that's where the success in this business is. You have to go for it and you have to believe. I mean, you had Ojeño, you had you. And yeah. by the way, you had a great show, and everyone has always believed in that. Now, th let's do a little – would you mind doing a little uh, Buford? Sure. I want to interview Buford for a second. All Buford right. is yeah. – tell us about Buford. Buford, uh, what well, does he do? What uh, do you do, Buford? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Buford Gomez. I'm a, uh, a Border Patrol, Patrol agent. 
And there's a right way and a wrong way to immigrate. And strapped to a radiator is definitely the wrong way. Right. And we got to, what I'm doing is a lot of people, there's a lot of misconceptions about Latinos. First of all, people don't know. They're all kind of different kind of Latinos. Right. Uh, everyone assumes everyone's Mexican. That's not true. I mean, there are uh, Colombian Mexicans and El Salvadorian <laughs> Mexicans and Guatemalan Mexicans. <laughs> But on the whole, yeah. you know, you got to know the differences. Are you Mexican? Uh, yeah, I'm Mexican, but I'm also all American. That's what being a Tex-Mex is. Got you know, it. I'm, I'm, I live in both worlds. But being Mexican, I learned to appreciate the Border Patrol because so many times I got stopped. I got to know them. And then I said one day I'm going to join the Border Patrol, and I did. And, you know, it's hard being out there because, first of all, you know, they only give me is a gun and pepper spray. And pepper spray is a spice to Mexicans. They does not bother them at all. They're, they're on the other side of the border with a you know quesadilla in one hand flipping me off with the other. And right. it's just, just degrading to my, my psyche. You know what right. I'm saying? It, it hurts my feelings, basically. Right. And so that's what, what I do as a Border Patrol agent, and I'm going to keep doing it. What do you think of the wall? Do you- well, first of all, wall, walls never work. No. The Great Wall of China didn't work. You know, Berlin Wall didn't work. Hadrian's Wall didn't work. Walls aren't going to work. Well, that wall is really... We're already doing the job. Right. You know, there's less border uh, entry than ever before. But all the media wants to make it sound bad. And I mean media. I just mean Fox News. Right. First of all, <laughs> those guys, those Breitbart's, those Alex Joneses and all these kind of people are spreading this lie that the Mexicans are coming to invade America. Oh, my God. The Mexicans are coming. Oh, my God. Mex- there's even guys saying that there'll be a, 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 a taco uh, truck on every corner. With the Mexicans. And I said, doesn't that sound delicious? You know? <laughs> I mean, hell, there's a Starbucks on every corner. Why can't there be a taco shop? That's all I'm talking about. A taco truck. That's it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, you know, listen, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big man. Yeah. You know, I, I, there hasn't been a, you know, but Latinos come in every size, shape and color. It's Mostly right. large size because black beans and rice don't miss us. That's for darn sure. I, <laughs> I got the more lard than that tamale. It tastes better. That's all I got to say. And in Texas, we got the most fattening food. I, when I go to Texas, I never feel so thin in my life. I feel anorexic in Texas <laughs> because they can do things like a, a chili popper. You got to take a chili, put cheese in it, then shrimp around it, and then bacon around it, and then dip it in something and fry it again. Right. I mean, it's like the Puerto Ricans. Puerto Ricans got a thing called bacalito. It's salted, dried codfish, deep fried in batter. It's a heart attack on a stick, I'm telling you. I seen a Puerto Rican fry a salad one time. That's all I'm saying. And being in this business... I deal with this kind of world, you know, being Buford Gomez. Well, I want to thank you for being here, Buford. Thank you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but no, Rick, look, thank you. For- I just want to see some Carti de Verdes before I leave. No offense, guys, because you all look very dark. <laughs> you know, Trudy, Trudy, is Trudy, it Trudy? Trudy. Yeah, no, Trudy Rod Pye? Ramirez. Rod Ramirez, oh, that name for sure. I'm looking for anyone with a name with a Z or a vowel here. And I want to question you all. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Rick, thank you for being here. I, I, I want to make sure you don't have any uh, questions for Rick that you might want to. I'm just listening to the master. Oh. Roberts talks highly of you because oh. I'm an aspiring writer. Oh, actually, I said I'm a writer. You're a writer. You're right. uh, yeah. And everything you're saying, that's yeah. why I was quite, I was just listening, soaking it all up. Well, it's, it's I'm going to be calling you after this. Yeah, call. it's it's <laughs> it's funny because I, I've taught writing and a lot of times I the biggest thing on writing is this. Call yourself a writer. Yeah, because. A writer, no one, you didn't call yourself a famous writer. You didn't call yourself an award-winning writer. You didn't call yourself the most highest paid writer. You called yourself a writer. And Rick's all those things just to- Well, <laughs> yeah. no, I, but that's the truth. And I've never felt I was a writer. Yeah. I've always thought I'm not a writer because uh, I thought writers were certain type people. And so it was hard for me to see myself as a writer. 
And then after a while, I'm like, well, how many episodes have I written? How many books? How many plays? And then you go, yeah, you're a writer. But you, I didn't fit what I thought was a writer. You've had a great career. Um, Thank you. I, I plan to keep living. So yeah. Don't, don't, don't stop me. Yeah. I know. Stands, Robert, Robert's like, hey, look, bud. I'm, I'm, I'm at eulogy. What's going on yeah. here? <laughs> he was a great man. Well, because you never know. You know, yes. walk down the stairs. You can die. Tony Romans. I can joke. There was, this great, <laughs> there was this great comedian that used to say, uh, you know, I, I could die now or now or now or now. <laughs> You're, you probably stand at mid-career, but you have had a really wonderful career. You've taken great chances. You've worked with amazing people. Uh, the people in your life are some of the most uh, uh, legendary people in film and in television and inspiring. Um, so it's kind of cool. I, uh, I I just really thank you for coming in and, and, and letting us talk, chat with you about all the stuff that goes on uh, in this business. And there's lots of people out there that are looking to... Uh, to take their chance and are maybe a little bit afraid of, of risking or believing in themselves. At the end of the day, you know, you might be living next to the WGA president and you may be a writer or an actor or whatever it is, you know, just say yes. I think what we take yeah. away from this show is say yes say say as you. much as possible because uh, no really kills stuff and yes opens it up. So um, so I think we really got into it today. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Right? This was our uh, first guest, and um, I guess I'll always remember that. Let's have Thank you back, were, too. We I want to hear some updates. We have tequila next time. Yeah. We'll have you back. We'll have some tequila. Thank you guys very much for listening, and uh, we got into it on Let's Get Into It. <laughs> 